Hey everyone, welcome back to Sin City Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we're in Romans chapter 13. It reads, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this, you also pay taxes, for the authorities are ministers of God, attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. Owe no one anything except to love each other, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is fulfilling of the law. Beside this, you know the time, that the hour has come for you to wake up from sleep, for salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone, the day is at hand. So let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision of the flesh to gratify its desires. So Ursula, as we walk through Paul's practical implications of what the gospel on display in a Christian's life looks like here, he brings us to our relationship to the authorities around us. And he's really going to house that under this concept of sovereignty that he's displayed to us already. And so help us to see how those two items fit together and have practical implications for what a believer's life looks like. So Paul is continuing on. Um, he ends chapter 12 with really not allowing evil to overcome us. And we have that power to do that, right? But we're to actually overcome evil with good. And then he goes on and he starts to talk about governing authorities. And he says that we need to be subject to those governing authorities. We have to actually place ourselves under our mindset, right? Place ourselves under um, those governing authorities. And for the people listening today, you might not be aware of necessarily the quote-unquote governing authorities, but this also applies to the governing authorities in your school um, or the authorities in your home. It's kind of all the, the same because what the point is here, it's that God has actually put those people in authority over you. As he says that this has all been instituted by God. He says that in thirteen one that God put each of these authority in the proper order which he deemed necessary. Now, does he do that all of the time as a blessing to the people, the governing authorities? Well, no, not necessarily. Sometimes God allows and puts governing authorities in place and he chastises his people with the governing authorities and with poor leadership sometimes with um, just with sometimes very anti-Christian policies that are in place. But he said, we're still not to resist those authorities because again, he's appointed those. 
And if we resist those, we will incur judgment. Now, let me just say something. If any type of authority is asking you to sin, we are not to sin. End of story. That it doesn't matter who's in authority, right? We are not to go against what the word of God says. But in preference, right? Just because I don't like something that someone in authority has done, that doesn't mean I get to resist them, right? If it's not considered quote unquote sin. So we have to be very careful here. Paul's laying the groundwork that we're to really be fearful that we would be judged by God for that. But I love this that he says in verse four that all these governing authorities are put in position for our good. He says that in verse four, for he's God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, we need to be afraid. That's so important. Very, very important. It says, for he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. So really, it's again going back to 12, living peaceably with all, placing ourselves under those authorities, not placing ourselves under those authorities if they're asking us to sin, right, and separating that. But then also he goes on in this chapter to talk about, well, what will some of those things, those authorities might have us do? Well, they have us pay taxes. Um, And so we have to abide by those governing authorities. If they tell us we're going to pay taxes, even if we don't think they're fair, um, we still have to pay them because we have to do what the Lord has said. This is so good, Ursula. I appreciate how you've reminded us once again, even without just directly saying it, hey, this chapter 13 that's thrown in there, that's arbitrary. It's just thrown in there in the middle of Paul's argument. Chapter 12 really has a lot to do with what he's talking about here in chapter 13, because as we look at what he's saying, its concept is tied intrinsically to what it means to be a living sacrifice. If you are giving your life up to God, how you relate to others is going to be a crucial part of that. And so as a Christian, you should be the best citizen you can be because you have been freed from sin in your life and are now there to operate in society the way in which God has allowed you to, which means you're considering others' needs. You are doing what God has challenged you to do. You are showing hospitality to others. You are there for those who have different situations in their life that need additional help. And so that allows you to be a representative of Christ to all of those people around you. And so you're always going to get those types of situations where you think about, hey, well, what if they ask me to do something that I don't agree with or that I don't think God's word agrees with? And you've already laid that out for us. Hey, you must understand that you appeal to God's higher commands. You do what God has challenged you and said is right to do. But then you accept whatever the punishment is, knowing that it's for your good, that that persecution, that tribulation, that hardship is for your good. It's for the strengthening of your faith, even though the physical, temporal body may suffer for some facet of that. And definitely the Romans in this church would start to really experience that in, if they weren't already in those coming days, going to be in that type of a situation. But we get to the end of the chapter and what he's looking at here. And we might think, I've seen this type of situation in several of Paul's other letters. And maybe we just jump straight to there. But help us to understand how, you know, this passage is nuanced differently. And we need to rightly understand it in the context of 
Paul is saying, and now he's drawing us into this conversation. Let's focus in here on the last part of this chapter. So here Paul is really talking about putting on the armor of light. He says in verse 12, he says, The night is far gone, the day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness, which is sin, right? and put on the armor of light. And in other places, we see this putting on kind of like the robe of Christ, right? We saw that in Matthew when people were invited to come in to the wedding and there were those who weren't dressed properly, right? They actually didn't have that salvation, so they couldn't come in. They couldn't come in, which is a picture of heaven. They didn't have that right clothing on, which is Christ. They put on Christ. It's really talking about their salvation there. He goes on it again in Colossians and, and Ephesians as well. And he talks about putting on Christ. And that's really our identity. Our identity is rooted in Christ. And Paul talks about that in the first 11 chapters of Romans. And then now at the end of chapter 13, he is really talking about, you've got this relationship with Christ. We already know that. But this put on is actually the walking out. It's your sanctification here. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. Here's the day. We work in the day. We have our relationships in the day. We communicate with people in the day. And he said, now we need to walk properly as in the daytime, right? There is a lifestyle that we have to live, that we're separate. We're set apart as Christians to not participate in some of the evil deeds that tend to be done in the dark. And he lists a lot of those out in verse 13, even quarreling and jealousy among people. And he said, but no, we're to put on Christ again and not make provision for our flesh. A lot of times when we sin, we actually make a plan. We make a plan to sin. And if you are doing that, he is like, no, you're to put that off. Because of who you are in Christ, you are no longer to live that way. You are no longer, your operating system is now completely changed. And so you have the ability to look differently. Another great example is this for a teen, right? If you make a teen, you're going to wear a jersey and you're going to look like part of the team. But the other thing is, when you make that team, there's probably a standard a level of skill or just a level of how you walk that out, right? That you're on that team, that integrity to keep the integrity of that team and that team name going. And this is kind of what he's talking about here. He's like, you're already on a new team and your salvation, that's done. Now you need to walk out because you're on that team. You need to walk that out in integrity. You need to live out what you believe. Thanks for helping us see that, Ursula, as we as we look at what he's really saying in the context of everything. I mean, we go back to even verse 8 and 9 where it talks about this commandment of loving one another. Hey, you want to know what it looks like to be on Jesus' theme as you framed it, to be on the side of Jesus and what it looks like to be a Christian? Hey, it's to love one another. And this is not a new concept. We go back to Jesus and he says, hey, what is the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. The greatest commandment is love. And I really would challenge you, hey, let's make sure we always frame that love, especially in the terms of what Pastor Jeff's been talking about in our Revelation series. 
love does not always mean what everybody around wants to say it means. Oh, you have, love does not mean acceptance. Sometimes the most loving thing to do is to call out sin and to walk with those people through that, to always be displaying the truth of the gospel. But the mark of a Christian is love. And so may that be true in each one of us as we represent Christ each place we go. And so as you walk through this passage, we've obviously skipped over some large chunks as we're just doing what we can to generalize these chapters, to give us that one nugget each day to hold on to, to challenge our thoughts with, to transform our mind, to focus ourselves on Christ. As you walk through these other areas, as you reflect on these verses here in chapter 13 and find other things that you would like to dive into, that's a part of this process. We hopefully start your day off with thinking in these terms and give you an opportunity to mull over this and meditate on this throughout the day so that you have an opportunity to continue that study in how you talk with other people and how you hopefully encourage one another with the words of these passages. And as you do that, living in the community of believers, strengthening one another, you're constantly growing in your love for the Lord. Know today you are loved. Just a couple of you